Well, envision a ladder. A ladder from heaven to earth. A ladder that, I don't know whether it had steps, probably did, or rungs, or what have it. But there was Jacob, he was laying there in the ground with his head on a rock, and he sees this ladder coming from heaven down to the earth with angels ascending and descending upon this ladder. Can you imagine having that vision? Well, that's exactly what transpires in Luke chapter 1. You have God the Father. He has His one and His only Son. And He brings His child down from heaven. And He places this child in Mary's life. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what transpires in this life that Mary is holding? I can't even imagine. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 and find out why, why would the Father send His Son? Why did Jesus have to come? Because we know He came to what? Seek and to save those who were lost. We know that. He's always seeking. I mean, he's looking. So here is the father sending his only son. I don't think we can really grasp that. Just having one son and giving him away. That is amazing. Even for Hannah this morning in our story with the kids, uh, at the time it was just the one child. She actually, the Lord blessed her with three boys and two more girls. At least I think that's right. They read in Scripture this morning. It talked about that, how... Even God blessed with more children, but just to have the one and to give away. I mean, Jesus came that he would take away sin, that he would destroy the devil's work, that he would give life. That's awesome. I have life because he gave his life. He came to save the world. He came to save sinners. He came to give his Life for everyone. What a great plan that was devised at the very beginning. At the very beginning, that he would give his only son. Luke chapter 1. As we read that this morning, let's see what transpires. Verse 26. I don't know about you, but for us and our family, before we even start opening Christmas gifts, we always read a portion of the Scripture for the Christmas story. I've done that since day one with my kids. Um, and I'm sure they do the same thing in their families now. At least I think they do. I'll have to ask them, but um, I'm sure they do. But what a great thing it is to be able to read and to listen to the Christmas story. I know, it's a good one. Verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. God sent an angel Gabriel. All right, stop right there. Why did he send Gabriel? Isn't there more angels than that? How about Michael? Isn't Michael an archangel? Sure. I'm sure there are myriads of angels that could have came down that ladder and talked to Mary. Why Gabriel? Well, if you recall, 
way back in the Old Testament, Gabriel came to Daniel and talked about how Jesus was going to come back, but then again on the second coming, not the first, he told Daniel. So why not God being consistent in sending Gabriel again to tell Mary about the first coming? What a great thing how God is so consistent, isn't he? So Gabriel has this assignment to come down and to tell Mary this wonderful thing. I was out sweeping, as I do occasionally, on the front of the church before church starts occasionally. So I'll go out there and sweep if things are dirty and clean it up. And so I was sweeping there. Um, it's been a couple of years ago. And I was praying as I was doing it. And this lady approached me from outside. She came in up to me. She goes, hey, can I take that over and do it for you? I said, well, I, only have, I said, well, I've only got a couple more. So I don't, I'm pretty much just done. But thank you for asking. Um, the Lord bless you. And I went sweep, sweep it up, put it in the, in the trash up there. And I, see, and I thought, you know, I'm going to invite her to church. So I looked up. She was nowhere to be found. There's no way she could have got down that corridor. There is no way she could have got down the corridor in time to leave. And, and there was no ladder to climb on the roof. So who was she? Who was she? Mm -hmm. We've all been there, right? Or maybe not. Maybe you've had an experience like I did at QT. The lady about drove up through the window of the glass doors with her car. And she knew all about me. Didn't know her from, from anybody. How does that happen? I think she was an angel. She had a crazy hat on. I mean, what? This, that was a crazy woman. That was probably a crazy angel. Just acting funny, right? What does Billy Graham have to say about angels? I want to know more about angels. What the Bible says so. I'm thinking Billy Graham spent a lot of years in the Bible. Do you think he spent a few years in the Bible? Probably a few. What did he say about angels? He said, he's asked the question, what do angels look like? Uh, do they look like pictures on the, on the Christmas cards? Right? You had their Christmas cards, right? Are, are they like that on the Christmas cards? What, what are the angels? What are angels? Are they real? And so Billy Graham says, he says, yes, angels are real, just as real as you and I. Although they are largely unseen to us, they exist in great numbers. The Bible says that. Thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Remember, and we might even talk about that next week in Luke chapter 2, how they all gathered and sang about the birth of Jesus. Graham said angels are a mystery to many people because they do not have physical bodies. However, he said, on occasion, angels appear as ordinary humans or glorious celestial beings. Yeah, she was definitely an angel. Matter of fact, I think she was our guardian angel here at the door. Like my brother's seen. When my brothers come occasionally, he goes, he's seen our guardian angel at the front door. You're like, okay, you're out there, Pastor Jay. No, I'm not. Do you believe there's angels? I believe there are angels. And there's one right now outside, and when Mark came, he said that that one there was pretty battered up. His clothes were all torn like he'd been in a battle. Yeah, because see, there is a battle going on out there. I hope he's got a new set of clothes. Maybe we should ask the Lord for him a new, new robe to, to wear in front of our door. We don't want anybody looking shabby in front of our church, right? The Lord forbid that. I mean, get him some, another nice robe, right? He deserves that. So, um, but angels. But why did God create angels? Billy Graham said, angels are here in the world to serve God. They're in the work 
is hidden in the ways to carry out God's will and protect God's people. We must realize just how much they have done for us. Thank you, Reverend Graham. Hmm, angels. Looking through Scripture, every time someone's been visited by an angel, were they like, oh, how you doing? Or were they scared to death? They were scared, frightened. So, why Gabriel? Well, we talked about Gabriel. God was so consistent. So as we move on in chapter 1, verse 27, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. All right, so the angel's coming down. He's coming to meet Mary. Have you ever thought, why Mary? Why her? Why then? But no, we know in Old Testament there's prophecy that says it'll be in such and such a city, It'll come from the line of David. So was Joseph and Mary part of the family of King David back years and years and years and years and years ago? Absolutely. Isn't God good how he does that? But why Mary? Why her? Was she special? I mean, how old was she? 14? 13? 15? Not much more than that. And an angel comes... And there's the angel, and it says, what? She's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, okay, the angel's going to start speaking. (laughs) All right, not just there, but speaking. I wonder if the angel was hovering or if it was on the ground, right? I mean, these are all these things. What, What was it like? Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Okay, she's probably like freaking out, okay? As any teenager would. Would you not freak out? You're 14, 15 years old. You've heard stories. You know the Bible because your family teaches you that. So she's here and she goes, Mary was greatly troubled. She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be because she knows from her history that when angels show up, something's about to happen. Surprise! Can you imagine? Can you imagine tonight if an angel came to visit you in your room? Do you want an angel to come visit? I'll just take Jesus. Ooh, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be biting the dust then. Really, I'll be down to the ground. So she is greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child. Okay, whoa, stop, stop. Would you want to be pregnant when you're 14? 15? Me and my wife got married. She was 19, I was 20. She got married. Nine months later, she found out she was pregnant, so she had a baby when she was 21. Okay, that's still young. Remember being in the hospital, I thought, I don't have a clue what to do. Remember, they gave you the child? Right? Remember? Here's your baby. Can I see him? Oh, can I see her? Oh, my gosh. Oh, what do I do? <laughs> right? Where's the manual? Where's the book? 
right? Here you go. Here you go. Wow. Okay, hold on a second. She's fixing to be married to Joseph. She has not been with him, so there's no way that she could be pregnant. So the angel said, you will be with child. Okay, she's starting to freak out. This is amazing stuff to her. You know what I love about this story? Mary's just an ordinary Israelite girl. Ordinary. She just was doing the stuff that she always does as a kid, and in growing as an adult now, and being getting ready to get married, she was probably sending out invitations just like everybody else would do, right? Meeting and greeting and talking to me about the wedding coming up, going out, making sure you had the right kind of attire, right, to wear for your wedding. I'm sure she's doing all the things that we do, right? Going out, make sure everybody is ready for getting married. I'm going to get married. And here comes an angel, and you're going to have a baby. Oh, man, that throws a wrench into everything. The best part is that she's just an ordinary girl from the line of David. And that is what really hit me this year is she's just as ordinary as you and me. And God used her to house and birth the Christ child. That's amazing to me. The best part of the story is how she responds to that. How would you respond if God said, I have an assignment for you. Here I am. Here it is. How do we respond? Well, Mary, she's first frightened. Yeah, you'll be with child. Uh-huh. And give birth to a son. Whoa, I've heard about that, seen that. This is crazy. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Okay, Jesus, that's his name, Jesus, Jesus. He will be great. Now, just a few months earlier, well, she doesn't know yet, but her relative, Elizabeth, is pregnant. She's been barren all her life. And she's older and probably beyond her years to give birth. And her baby was going to be called Great. Wow. Not only is your baby named Jesus, he's going to be great. Okay. She's still trying to, she's trying to filter this through her mind, all the emotions that are going with it. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. Okay, I don't know what she's thinking now. Can you imagine? Okay, he's going to have a throne like David. Oh, my gosh. All right. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. All right. Was Mary very affluent? Did she have lots of things? No, she was very poor. How can this baby that I'm going to give birth to, by the way, have all this? And his kingdom, by the way, it'll never end. Okay, this is blowing her away because they've been waiting for the Messiah to come and the Messiah is going to be housed in her womb. Wow, that's amazing stuff. So she is really overwhelmed. And he will reign, and his kingdom will reign from never end. Verse 34, this is the question for this Christmas. How will this be? How in the world will this be? First off, how am I going to be pregnant? 
There's no way. Second off, his name's Jesus, and he's going to be doing what? That's the Messiah here. What? Who, who, and who are you? She didn't ask his name, but he, he told her. Since I'm a virgin, she said, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the Spirit of the Most High and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born you will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who has said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary, listen to me. Mary, listen. For nothing, listen, nothing is impossible with God. So whatever you're thinking, okay, nothing's impossible, okay? There will be a child. Yes, I know. I know. You've never been with Joseph. I know. I know that. But you're going to have a child. But nothing is impossible. Don't worry about all the other details. Nothing is impossible, Mary, for God. He's able to do above and beyond. Mary, nothing is impossible about this whole situation. I know what you're thinking. I know you've asked the question, how will this be? She didn't know that Elizabeth's husband kind of questioned the angel too. And he couldn't speak for nine months. Huh. Remember that? He goes, oh, how is this going to happen? And what, he, he had unbelief in his heart. He couldn't speak for nine months. Some of you ladies are like, cha-ching, that's awesome. That husband finally gets to be quiet. Finally! So she's there, and the angel tells her, nothing's impossible. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. Listen to her response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. I am a servant. I am here to serve. Whatever, whatever, whatever God wants to do with my life is just fine with me. But, but, but I was going to get married with Joseph, and we were going to go have a little carpenter shop, and we are going to make lots of trinkets and go to all these sales, and, and people are going to buy our stuff, and then we are going to buy a big mansion. And, right, and then we were going to do, go over here and live in the, up in the, up in the upper peninsula there in Bethlehem, upper side. And so um, we're going to do that and kind of cross over to the other side of town. And so, um, no, whatever you have for me to do, I will do it. Is that your heartbeat? Would you stop everything you're doing now and say, okay, Father, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mm-hmm. He left. Whatever you want to do with my life. You know, the book of Luke is all about the perfect man. Matthew was about reflecting upon the king. Mark was servant. Luke is the perfect man. He wants you to realize when Luke writes this, because he's a doctor, and he wants you to know that this baby that came from heaven to earth, that came is a perfect man, a perfect baby, a perfect So Mary was overwhelmed. She was real. She responded with immediate obedience. How many times have I driven down the road and the Holy Spirit says something and I question Him on it? 
Have you ever done that? You heard his voice, and then you're like, you want me to do what? Maybe he has something he wanting you to do to talk to that person so that they may be blessed. And he has to use somebody else, you know, like, uh, he, all right, whatever. And he goes to somebody else and asks them. He'll keep going to somebody else till he finds somebody who will do what he wants. But not Mary. He didn't have to look very far at all. Mary said, I'll do it. I'm the one. I'm the candidate. Here am I, like Isaiah. Here am I. Send me wherever. It doesn't matter where. Just send me. So what can I learn from Mary? From that response. Always trust in the Lord in everything. You know, there were things that surprised her that were difficult to understand. If I would have thought back when I was first married to my wife, you're going to start a church. I'd have been like, are you insane? Are you crazy? That's, a la- that's the last thing on my mind. Last thing. I don't even know my radar. There's things the Lord has for you to do that you may not even be able to comprehend. But the thing is, are we yielded like Mary was? She was yielded. She was very humble and yielded to whatever her Lord wanted. She loved the Lord with all her heart. She didn't waver. She decided to stand by Him all the way to the end. She stood by him and believed in him. Yes, okay, that was her child. But even through when everybody else was against him, she stood by his side. The song we've sang here a thousand times, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I will follow. My cross I'll carry till Jesus comes. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. That was Mary. What else can I learn from Mary? Her commitment and obedience brought awesome provision. Every time you step out in obedience, God will provide every step of the way. I have never went out without a meal. Never. It was close one time. (laughs) It was close. But he taught me from a small child that you will never go hungry because he will always send an angel to the door. I remember the doors, the knocks on the doors when my dad was pastoring. We had no, no food. They would knock on the door. They'd always bring a five-pound bag of potatoes, some chicken, and cornbread, and beans. And we'd always eat good that night. Isn't that good? God never let you down. Never let you down. Never. So Mary, what else can I learn from you? I can learn that what to leave a legacy. Always make sure that you're able to pass along the message to the next generation. Listen to this story. You remember back years ago, some of you may not remember, but remember the, in, the, in the newspaper, the Dear Abby column? Remember Dear Abby? Back in 1956, she started doing Dear Abby. Of course, she's passed on now, but over 1,200 1,200 newspapers ran her article every week. And people would write in, just like me and you. We'd say, hey, dear Abby, what about this? And she'd give advice. 
about the question. Well, she wrote down a story that was recorded. It's a really pretty cool, powerful story. And it says here, a young man from a wealthy family was about to graduate from high school. So she's writing about this person sent in something, and she's writing about this event that took place. It was a custom in their affluent community for parents to give their graduating children a new car. I was not in that neighborhood. And the boys and girls' dad had spent weeks visiting one dealership after another. That's pretty cool, right? The week before graduation, they found the perfect car. Love it. It was that GTO, that anyway. The boy was so certain that it would be in the driveway on graduation night. Right? They went around, they looked, there was the car. Remember your first car? Did it lean? Did it, did it smoke real bad? Did it, or was it a ride? I don't know. He was banking on it. On the eve of his graduation, however, his father handed him a small package wrapped in colorful paper. The father said the package contained the most valuable gift that a father could think of. It was a Bible. The boy was so angry, he threw the Bible down and stormed out of the house. He and his father never saw each other again. That's true. This is true stuff. Several years later, the news of his father's death finally brought the son home again. So his dad passed away. Following the funeral, he sat down alone one evening, going through the father's possessions so that he might inherit when he came across the Bible. He, saw, he came across the Bible that his dad had given him. Overwhelmed by grief, he brushed away the dust, cracked it open for the first time when he saw a cashier's check dated the day of his father, or his high school graduation that fell into his lap in the exact amount of the car they had chosen together. <laughs> the gift had been there all along. But he turned it away. You see, the gift has already been given. The gift has been given 2,019 years ago. That's amazing, right? That gift, 2,019 years ago, it was given to mankind. That's a long time. Wouldn't you say? I wonder, I wonder how many have thrown that Bible down, not realizing the magnificent gift that has been given. It's there all along. So what type of questions might you have? Do you have any kind of questions? I mean, Jesus asked questions. People ask questions of Jesus. I wrote some of those down, but we won't get there today. But God surprises us with all kinds of things that we can't even comprehend. He surprises us at the unexpected times in unexpected ways. So what might be some of your questions? Well, there was one man that said, he came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to, 
inherit eternal life. What did Jesus say? Well, it's already written in the, in the law. What does it say? He goes, oh, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. We know that, right? Jesus said, excellent, do that, and you will live. Well, he wanted to what? Justify himself. He says, well, 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 who's my neighbor? And that's that story comes in. He says, there was a man who was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. He fell amongst robbers and thieves. And he was beaten half dead, left on the side of the road. And these three guys came by. This really gets me because how many times do even I do this? So a priest walks by. A priest walks by. Let me say it again. A priest walks by, and he goes, oh. And he walks on the other side. Doesn't help. Then another guy walks by. Oh. But a Samaritan comes through, someone who's not even supposed to associate with the Jewish people, and it's a Jew on the ground, and he's a Samaritan, and he goes over and takes care of that man. Takes him to a hotel, gives the owner some money, says, here, when I come back later, if he owes me more money for taking care of him, I'll pay it. Take care of him for me. Then Jesus said to that guy who asked the question, who was the neighbor? Which one was the neighbor? Ah, oh, I guess the one who helped. Ah, go and do likewise. What kind of questions do you ask the Father? Can I trust him? Can I really trust the Father? My life was a disaster. Can I really trust him? He hasn't done anything yet. Can I really, can I really trust this God that comes down as a child, the perfect man, the perfect... How, can I really trust him? Can I trust him? Does he have the power to help me? I wonder how much power the Father has. You know, it, that blows my mind. I have a friend that, science teacher at the middle school on the street, and you know when the things happen in the in the out there in the in the universe, and out there in the sky in the middle of the night, he, he has a huge, the huge telescope thing, right? That you can really see in, you know, kind of you dial in, and he does that occasionally. Get up like early in the morning, like four or five in the morning, and he has it where he can find things. Out there. I'm like, not, I'm amazed. That I'm right here, the little speck sitting right here in Fort Worth, and God is just everywhere. And He created all that. He created all that. And He still makes a ladder, and it's still there today. I'm sure there's tons of ladders, because there's angels coming and going nonstop. And He goes, Here is my child. What have you done with my child? He loves you so much. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came so that you might have life and life more abundant. And this is how God showed His love amongst us. He sent His one and only Son. This is how He showed us His love, by sending His one and only Son through the Virgin Mary. Can I really trust the Father?
I think you can. I think you can. I know you can. So what questions might you have this holiday season? Things change. We all get things just things change. Life changes. We're sitting there last night, took the wife to a little dinner. She's taking care of the grandbaby um, over at the boys' house. <clears throat> She's sitting on the floor playing with him. I'm kind of sitting there working on the last tidbits of my sermon there and messing around, and I kept just looking around. I was like, and he was just, and I'd say his name. Hey, Liam. He'd go. And he would smile. And he'd go back with him. I'd say, hey, Liam. He'd go. And he'd smile again. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Hey, Liam. So innocent. So perfect. So lovely. You know, little baby. Can't imagine what was Jesus like. Hey, Jesus, I'm here. Can you imagine what was it like raising Jesus? Jesus, Mary. Yeah, she was special, and I know she had questions too. But even in the midst of questions, she still said, "What? Can't get over this." Whatever you want to do with my life, I will be obedient, and I will do it. That's what she said, and that's what I need to do, and that's what we need to do. I'll go, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And that's why we support our missionaries here that do what they do, because they told me personally, James, I want nothing from this earth. I want nothing. I've sold everything, and I've moved across the water, and I want people to know this Jesus who came from heaven to earth. I want them to know, and I don't care if I have to give my life to do it. <laughs> Where's my checkbook? <laughs> right? And I'm just trying to get the next window in my house so that it'll be nice and comfy for the wife. She could care less about it. But us men want to get the house looking nice. Right? And all he's concerned about is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know? Oh, I, I, I don't know your language. Let me learn your language. Years of okay, now. And he'll speak the language. So what are you doing right now to prepare yourself for what God has for you? Well, he hasn't spoken to me yet. I think he's been speaking. I think he's been speaking. I think the problem is we don't stop. Because every time I stop, and I do it every day, he tells me something, or I'm supposed to be doing. And it blows my mind. Because he has something for me to do. He has something for you to do. And it may just be as simple as your neighbor doesn't have shoes, well, give them that third pair of shoes you got. Well, I'm not so sure it's put the, probably the same size. If he's saying to give the shoe away, right? Don't give him the old holy one. Give him the new pair. Well, but give him the new pair. Because what I heard today was, you give, you can't outgive God. That's what I just heard. I don't know if you believe that or not, but that's what she said. That's what you said. So, give the best. He'll give you double best. 
I gave away an old truck. I think it was ratty, wasn't it, honey? I think it was nasty. But it was, it was functional to do ministry in the street. Functional. I tore it apart myself and fixed it the best way I knew, which wasn't that good. But I did the best I could with it. And I took it to a guy who could use it every day to win souls for Jesus. Because I, I was like, you know, I, I needed this car, though. I needed that truck to get to work. I needed it. Well, I thought, you know what? I'm just using it to go to work and back. And I, I really, you know, I, Sharon's got her car. I guess she, she just had to kind of wait to get home from work, baby, so you can do your. So we got the, okay, just, just whatever. We need to give it away. So I went, and he, he goes, oh, my gosh. I said, yeah, here it is. This is for you in the ministry. So, all right, praise God. I couldn't get home fast enough before my phone was ringing. Meet me at the Ford house. Meet me at the Ford house. Why do I? I, ain't got, I can't even get there. I can't, I just gave away my truck. The wife's shopping. I ain't got a way to get there. Get to the Ford house, James. Get to the Ford house. It's all the way in Arlington. Oh my gosh, I live in North Beach. How am I going to get to Arlington? James, I want to be there at such a time. You better be there. I need you to be there. Really? Why? Just be there. So I don't know how I got there. I got there somehow. I called my brother somehow. I got there somehow. They didn't have an Uber back then. It didn't. I was going to thumb it, but I thought, no, that's dangerous. <laughs> it was, so I get there, and there he's out there in the parking lot. Hey, Jay, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Well, take a look. Oh, look at what? Lots of trucks out here. It's a nice place. Yeah, which one do you like one? Yeah, I like them all. Well, which one do you like? Oh, I like that one right there. That's pretty. That's pretty. Take, at least look inside. Yeah, mm-hmm, I like that one. That's a good one. Let's go inside. We didn't even drive it. We didn't even drive it. He wrote the check. All right, I got to go. I'm busy. I, he goes, I go, what? I got to go. I got I to gotta go take care. He left. <laughs> I have me a truck to drive home in. Don't tell me you can't outgive God. Are you willing to give? He did. Father, we love you so much. I pray, God, today that you would just be with us. Speak to our hearts this season. Help us to find somebody to bless. Speak to our hearts for we're listening. In Jesus' name. No altar call needed. Unless you need one. What's the punchline today? Go do something with what you've learned. Do something with it. Have a great day. Love you dearly.